You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. I want to welcome you to the third episode on slavery in the Old Testament. We are walking through Exodus chapter 21. Uh, in a previous episode, we looked at male servants. We also looked at female servants. And perhaps you noticed that there were a couple of verses that I skipped right smack dab in the middle is what we're going to cover today. And I did that intentionally, which is Exodus 21, 5 and 6. We'll read that in just a moment. But the thing that I want us to realize is how Jesus Christ himself is right in the middle of these two sections of scripture that describe male and female servitude. Not only is Jesus in there, but you and I are in there. Exodus is about a story of God's people coming out from bad servitude to good servitude. So God frees you so that you can become his slave, his bondservant. So this is going to be exciting. Now, as we're reading through Exodus, we are not bound to follow the Old Testament slave laws today. Um, but they do teach us some practical principles to apply at home and at work. They also give us a beautiful, beautiful picture of our salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. Now, Exodus has shown how a servant living with a bad master could be redeemed to go back home. It has also showed how a slave without any prospects could gain her freedom by marrying her master's son. Now, these two, both the male and the female servant uh, uh, pericopes or sections of Scripture, they ought to sound familiar to us because they are both part of the gospel story. You and I are born as slaves to sin. We have been in bondage to the power of darkness, Satan himself. But when Jesus was crucified, he paid the price to redeem us, and now we are free to go back home to God. Now, to tell the story in a different way, we were all alone. We were living without hope. But when we came to God, he engaged us to be uh, married to his one and only son. And this is why the Bible describes the church as the bride of Christ. We are married. We are betrothed. We are promised to the master's son. Now, these two examples are how the book of Exodus, and specifically the law of Moses at this point, points to the salvation that is found in Jesus. Now, probably the most beautiful picture of the gospel comes from this special provision that we are going to read right now, and, and it would be a slave who wanted to enter his master's permanent service. So let's read it. It's found in Exodus 21 verses 5 and 6. It says, But if the servant plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, to the doorpost. And his master shall pierce his ear with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. I want you to picture this scene because this would be a remarkable occasion. Now, after six years of labor, 
a slave would decide that rather than going free, he wanted to continue to serve his master. Now, some might take advantage of this law by maybe even forcing their slaves to keep on working. Now, in order to prevent this, there had to be a public ceremony. First, the slave went before the elders, and the slave would make a formal declaration of his desire to continue serving his master. The Bible literally says that the slave must be taken before God. Now, that means in this particular case that uh, the representation among the spiritual leaders would uh, be those that were in the covenant community. Today, we would say that the slave made his declaration before God and before these witnesses. Have you heard that phrase before? Now, the declaration had to be emphatic. The There is a, a Hebrew figure of speech, and it could be translated like this. If the servant truly desires or if the servant truly declares, in other words, there could be no doubt about this man's intentions. Now, once the servant made his declaration, everyone would make their way over to the doorpost of the master's house. And then an awl, which would be a sharp object, it would be driven through the slave's ear. Now, this was also symbolic. The ear is the most important part of a servant's body. He has to hear before he can obey. This is why Jesus would cry out, anyone with ears, let them hear. And so again, you have to hear before you can obey. And so having his ear pierced, the servant was making a public commitment to do what his master said. Now, the doorpost is also highly, highly symbolic. Not only did it serve as a place to drive in the all, but it also showed that the servant was now attached to his master's household. So the doorpost was marked with the blood of a covenant between master and slave. Now, this was completely and totally voluntary. And you need to understand that, that a, a, a servant had the option of leaving his master's house, and there was provision where he could go out and then redeem or buy back the rest of his family. And so this, again, totally voluntary. Anyone who would see the servant from this point forward after the ceremony, they would see the little awe in his, in his ear. They would know that he has chosen to serve. But why would anybody make this choice? What would persuade a man to renounce his freedom and to remain bound to his master? Here's the answer. The answer is love. A slave who had his ear pierced swore an oath of allegiance. What does it say in the verse? Exodus 21.5. He says, I love my master. And so his servitude was not a form of bondage, but a voluntary act of love. Now, this raises another question. What kind of master would deserve so much love? The master who deserved to be loved would be a good master. He took care of all of his servants' needs. 
He was also a very kind master, one who treated his servant like a friend, and he would be a generous master. He had his servant's best interests at heart. In a word, we would say he was a loving master. And so it would only be natural for his servant to love him in return. And so rather than looking for freedom somewhere else, the servant found love, true freedom in his master's house. Now, this, this, these two verses, Exodus 21, 5 and 6, they have a lot to teach us about our relationship to God. In fact, one day David, King David, was sitting around uh, his royal palace one day, and he began to write one of his psalms that is based on this very scripture. I want you to listen to it. And if you take notes, jot this down. It's Psalm 40, verses 6 through 8. Here's what he said. He said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Now, that that verse, when he says, my ears you have opened, is literally my ears you have pierced. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. And then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. And your law is within my heart. Now, according to King David, Pleasing God means more than simply offering sacrifice for sin. It also means doing what God says, obeying what God says. This would be the way that a servant obeys a master that he loves. Now, to illustrate this, David did refer all the way back to this very example out of the book of Exodus. And he compares himself to a servant that had his ears pierced. He had learned to hear and he learned to obey. And he offered himself in loving service to God. Isn't this what God requires of us? In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you now, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice. We, I have been constantly saying God wants all of your heart. And the only way for us to find real and true freedom is not by serving ourselves, but choosing to become servants of God. I love what Psalm 119.32 says. It says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Another translation says, for you have set my heart Listen, we are loved by the best master of all. He takes care of all of our needs. He doesn't treat us like slaves, but more like friends. He has our best interests at heart. And if all of this is true, why would we want to serve anyone else? But listen, there's more. This isn't an infomercial. I'm saying, wait, there is more. We have a master who has made himself our slave, taking on the very nature of a servant. Here's Philippians 2.7, speaking of Jesus. It says, But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. 
This is our story of salvation, that the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And this means that the words of David are really the words of Jesus. David was standing in when he wrote that in Psalm 40. He stood in for the Messiah who lived in a way that said to his father, my ears you have pierced. Here I am. I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will. Your law is in my heart. And Jesus always chose to do the Father's will. We could even say that he is the servant who declared in Exodus 21.5, I love my master and my wife and my children and do not want to go free. Isn't that powerful? Out of his great love for the Father, and out of Jesus' love for you and I as his bride, his sons, his daughters, Jesus bound himself to God's will, even when it meant suffering and dying for our sins. The greatest service of all was his death on that cross. And if a servant loves a master who takes care of him, and treats him like a friend, imagine what a servant would do for a master who saved him at the cost of his own life. You and I are loved by such a master. Why would we want to serve anyone else? We, we are loved by him. Why would we want to even serve our own interests? What we ought to do is give ourselves entirely all of us, all of our hearts, all of our, our, our might, all of our strength to him and to his service. We ought to make a public declaration of our allegiance to Jesus Christ. We ought to listen to his word. We ought to obey his voice. We ought to say, I love my master and I want to be bound to him forever. In service to such a gracious, loving master, is not bondage, but it is freedom. It is freedom. There's a story <clears throat> that is told of a visit of Abraham Lincoln that he once made to a slave auction. And the story is told that when he got to this slave auction, he was appalled to see the buying and selling of human beings. I want to read you an excerpt from a story about Abraham Lincoln. Listen to this. It says his heart was especially drawn to a young woman on the block whose story seemed to be told in her eyes. She looked with hatred and contempt on everyone around her. She had been used and abused all of her life, and this time was but one more cruel humiliation. The bidding began, and Lincoln offered a bid. As other amounts were bid, he counterbid with larger amounts until he won. And when he paid the auctioneer the money and took the title to the young woman, she stared at him with vicious contempt. And she asked him what he was going to do with her next. And he said, I'm going to set you free. Free, she asked. Free for what? Just free, Lincoln answered, completely free. Free to do whatever I want to do? Yes, he said, free to do whatever you want to do. Free to say whatever I want to say? 
Yes, free to say whatever you want to say. Free to go wherever I want to go? She added with skepticism. Lincoln answered, you are free to go anywhere you want to go. Then I'm going with you, she said with a smile. This story, whether it's fact or fiction, it shows us what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Anyone who trusts in Jesus for salvation has been delivered from sin and death, and now we are free. Free for what? Free to say, Jesus, I'm going with you. I hope you've made that decision in your heart and in your life. God is calling you. God is calling you closer to him. He's paid it all. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify, also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.